Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome into the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm Ethan Skolnick. We'll get to our episode here in a second, but first I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them 24 hours a day at onecalllegal.com. They handle cases from all over the state. They've got an office in North Miami. We actually share an office with them, so you can stop in and say hello to Eric and David and Mindy and all the good people there. But again, any kind of case that you need handled, They'll take care of it. They do traffic. They do personal injury. Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. It's onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com. And now, on with today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on five on the floor, coming to you after the Miami Heat go to five and one, dominating the Houston Rockets 129 to 100 on Sunday night at the arena. They put up 46 in the first quarter. Russell Westbrook was a minus 46 for the game, and Duncan Robinson was the leading scorer, which means five different guys in the first six games of this season had have led the Miami Heat in scoring, and none of them have been Jimmy Butler yet, even though he played extremely well last night, had a near triple double today I'm going to mix it up a little bit instead of one of my usual co-hosts going to bring on Bobby Marks you know him from ESPN and other spots Bobby of course salary cap expert worked in the NBA for a long time but has a great perspective on the league Bobby thanks for doing this with me appreciate it oh you're welcome my pleasure looking forward to it now you were here which game did you see the Atlanta game that I I saw the Atlanta game yeah the Atlanta game earlier uh, I think it was a Tuesday uh, Tuesday night yep are you surprised by any of this by the start? Yes and no. I mean, I thought this team was a playoff team, uh, but I probably thought they were probably, I kind of, you know, like, like my colleague Zach Lowe does kind of tier these teams. And I thought they were probably more trending towards teams that are in that back end of the, um, of the Eastern conference from, from a playoff standpoint in that six to eight range. But I think, I think we can probably make a strong argument. I know it's, you know, only two weeks into the season that they're probably more of a tier two team with the likes of Boston and Toronto, um, you know, right behind Philadelphia and, um, and, and Milwaukee. So yes, to the extent that they're five and one know that um, I didn't, I, I think I believe this team was a playoff team. I thought that, you know, you were going to get the right Jimmy Butler. <laughs> you were probably not going to get the Minnesota Jimmy Butler or um, kind of what transpired there. I think, of course, uh, you know, we're, we'll talk about a lot. Is, you know, we're certainly pleasantly surprised about all the, the young kids as far as the impact of these the Kendrick Nunns and the Tyler Hero. Certainly, Bam has taken his game to another level. So a little bit of both, but um, I think there's a lot of things to like early on in, in, in the season here. I haven't found anybody who doesn't have Milwaukee and Philly in the first tier. I think that's sort of general consensus, even though Milwaukee underwent some change in the offseason that I'm not sure is so good. I think some of Philadelphia's changes were good, although I think it's been diminished a little bit 
you know, by this idea that, you know, because the starting lineup looks great, that they're going to know where to go down the stretch. And Jimmy Butler handled a lot of that for them in the postseason. I know it worked out against Portland the other night, but I do have my concerns about that going forward. But let's look at some of the other teams that are kind of in that, as you call it, second tier, which is where I had them, but I had them at the top of the second tier to start the season. And one of the reasons I had them at the top of the second tier is I don't love the Celtics. Uh, I, I just I, – I know, you know, obviously if they got a couple of kids, they're playing up front, but I don't, I don't love their bigs. Um, I don't, I don't know about Kemba as we get deeper into the season as a replacement for Kyrie. There seems to be some duplication there on the wings. How healthy is Gordon Hayward? What would it take in your view for the heat to be better than the Celtics this season? I think what, with regarding Boston is, is that, and you know, we do these power rankings that come out every, um, every um, Monday and Boston's one of the the teams that I have. And and so I kind of study them a little bit more closely. I think for Miami to kind of overtake, it's going to be kind of a a workload thing. And when I say workload thing is that, man, the starting five, and I know um, Jalen Brown and and Ennis Cantor were out um, last week with injuries, but you know, the the starting five minutes are you know right at 34, so they're relying heavily on you know Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward and um, certainly Jason Tatum, uh, even Daniel Tice is you know right around 20 29 minutes a game. So um, and there's not much of a bench there, right? They're relying heavily. You know when you get um, Brown out of the lineup, now you move Marcus Smart into that next five. So you're relying heavily on a lot of young, untested players. You know, the Grant Williams, the draft pick, Carson Edwards, players like that. We'll, we'll see when Romeo Langford from uh, who they drafted last, uh, you know, in June comes back. Um, it's, it's a really unproven, um, you know, unproven bench there. So that would probably be my concerns with, um, you know, with the Celtics. And if I think if there's a, a, for Miami to kind of over, overtake a team like that, it would probably just be like, you know, a workload thing where this team kind of wears down a little bit. What about Indiana and Brooklyn? Because I, it's hard to evaluate Indiana for me without Oladipo. We don't know how healthy he's going to be when he comes back. Brogdon's looked great, which I don't think is a, is a huge surprise, but I still wonder, do they have enough scoring? And on Brooklyn's end, you know, I still wonder about Kyrie blending with this group. We've already kind of seen one issue or maybe two issues. Um, and and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of trust maybe in Dinwiddie right now. I, those two teams also kind of put in that mix. I know you have some familiarity with, with Brooklyn as well. What, what, uh, what do you see there with Indiana and Brooklyn? Well, Indiana is interesting because they've kind of played um, they certainly have played better in the past week when they've had less, <laughs> you know, you've had miles Turner goes down in the Brooklyn game. Uh, Sabonis doesn't play in the um, the recent Chicago win. Um, you, you mentioned Old Depot, who's who's still out here. So now you're really relying on, you know, the holidays. You know, um, Aaron and Justin. Um, you know, their um, their first round pick Goga Padat that you know plays against uh, Chicago and, and, and plays well. T.J. Warren certainly there. So I, it's hard for me to evaluate. Um, the patients just because I, you know, they'll be competitive because, you know, they've got a good structure there as far as where they are. I think they're probably more of a back end team. They're probably in that six to eight range. Brooklyn's interesting just because, you know, they're two and they're two and four after they lost to Detroit, which, which was really, I don't care if you're undermanned, but to lose at Detroit when they don't have basically a starting backcourt with, um, you know, Reggie Jackson's out, Derek, Rose's out, Tim Frazier's out, I think was certainly, you know, unacceptable. Coming off a, 
a good win against Houston here. And it's just, a, I think there's a lot of it has to do with the familiarity factor. When you, when you, when you had D'Angelo Russell there for a couple of years, now you put Kyrie into the mix, certainly a different style. You certainly have seen a lot of guys just standing around watching him do his thing. And I think they've, they've struggled there. They're, um, I think number two in the league overall in turnovers um, last year, they were kind of in the middle of the pack. They're throwing the ball all around. And, and, you know, and you mentioned it earlier, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie has really struggled, um, you know, early, uh, early on in this season here. So besides that Houston game, and even we can throw out that first quarter, there really hasn't been a complete game um, for this, for the Nets to play. And, And it's not like the competition has been great, right? You look at their schedule and it's, you know, Memphis, New York, Minnesota. I know the T-Wolves are off to, you know, four, one, five, one star. Um, you had the Pistons recently, you know, Houston certainly. So we saw them in, in Miami, you know, get their doors blown off. So I think they'll figure it out, I think, but they're probably, you know, what we thought they were, maybe a 44, 45 win team. And even the one thing that you, you learn is that, you know, you go from the darling, right? They were kind of the darlings of the NBA last year, right? That that mm-hmm. um, blue collar, lunch pail type team. Nobody thought of anything, and then they all of a sudden you get 42, 43 wins, and and everybody loves how hard this team works, and these guys, these second chance players. But now when you you add a player like Kyrie Irving, and you make some, you know, I know Durant won't be back until next year. You go get DeAndre Jordan and Torian Prince, guys like that. You have a little bit more of a, you know, you have a little bit more of a target on your back here. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit, obviously, without the adding the Kyrie part of what happened to the Heat after that 30 and 11 finish, that there was an expectation, I think, even inside the organization that, okay, we run it back and we're going to get that same kind of effort from guys, but they may not have the same hunger. Other teams may be preparing for them in a different way. You don't sneak up on anybody and they figure out your tendencies and it doesn't work quite as well. And so I want to transition back to the Heat here. We're with Bobby Marks. The Heat had, and you and I talked about it at one point, I mean, they had, you know, sort of one of the most backwards cap situations in the league where their best players were their cheapest players and they were paying, you know, exorbitant salaries to Whiteside, Tyler Johnson, Waiters, and James Johnson. And I I think there was a lot of surprise around the league because the Heat have typically managed their cap as well as anybody. And they didn't for two years. And I know there were other circumstances, Bosch, the Wade thing, everything else, but they made mistakes. Now though, Bobby... Like I'm looking at their cap sheet and I'm looking at their future and I'm saying, if you're going to get this kind of production out of Bam Adebayo prior to the extension, if you're going to get this kind of production out of Kendrick Nunn, who you locked up you know, on the last day of the season last year and you've got his rights now for three years, if you're going to get this kind of production out of Tyler Hero, Derek Jones Jr., I, I want to talk to you a little bit about what you would do with him. But I mean, their cap sheet to me has gone from like an F to like, we're trending towards a B or better right now, right? I mean, what, what kind of position do you think they're in? Well, you know, it's funny. We and and, and Andy Ellisberg, who's you know the general manager, is, is probably one of the best. Is probably probably the best in the business. I mean, he's a lot smarter than probably some of those people in the league office. I think they rely on him a lot. And yeah, you kind of got into that position where I call it kind of cap purgatory, right? When you had some of these, you know, after you you had that, that one year. And I think it was the summer of, of, I guess, was it 16 or 17 when you locked up, um, you know, with um, Johnson and waiters, Olenek and guys, and they weren't exorbitant contracts, but just because they had length on it, you know, there were four, there were these four year deals that kind of just stretched out. So when teams, you know, wanted to go out this past summer and, and spend Miami wasn't able to do that, but they find the, they found that creative way of, of doing a sign and trade with Jimmy Butler. So that was kind of almost like them using cap space here. But yeah, I think, 
when you look at the big picture here, um, yeah, they're in the, they're the luxury tax here, but the numbers start coming off the books. So if you're looking into the summer of 2020, you know, if Goran Dragic is expiring or Myers Leonard is expiring, you can make a decision on them if you want to bring them back for another year. And then the following year in 21, you know, you Johnson, Waiters, Olenek is, uh, is up. You know, Winslow's got a, um, a team option. Um, so there is, you know, certainly light at the end of the tunnel. But when, you, when you're talking about these young kids, that's the beauty of it. I mean, we saw it in Utah when you have a player like Donovan Mitchell on a rookie contract and who is almost like your, your franchise, who is your franchise level player. But when you have, you know, Tyler Hero on um, the first year of a rookie contract, um, you have, you know, Bam in year three, extension eligible next summer. And then you've got guys like Kendrick Nunn on these, um, you know, almost like the we call it the hinky contract, right? It's those contracts that are like three years non-guaranteed. And I know they, they signed Kendrick and Duncan with the last day of the season last year. But, you know, you kind of, you always, although they're playing well, you always are kind of dangling that carrot in front of them because it is non-guaranteed. And, you know, there's, you know, as long as they keep on playing well, they're going to be here. And it looks like that's going to be the case. But, I mean, you've got, you know, four or five guys under under 25 that maybe two years ago we could we you know we could say that where is the future where is the young foundation of players so when you get into the summer of 2021 if that's what the heat are going to want to do and you have all this cap space right then it becomes more appealing to attract players like almost similar to what brooklyn was able to do with Durant and and um and Kyrie here so i think the uh the you know certainly the, the future looks bright i think it you know it 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 comes back to me, you know, as far as the Chris Paul situation, right? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if you asked ourselves probably in the summer, you know, is Miami a viable candidate to go out and get Chris Paul? You could probably say, yeah, probably they've got the, the contracts to line up, right? If they want to do that. But now you look back at it and now, right now, and it's like, do you want to go that, would you want to go that, go down that direction if it's going to cost you some of your young players? Because it, it loses some of your young foundation probably. And it also probably takes you out of the running in 2021. So I think there's a lot of, you know, interesting things to follow as we get, you know, going here closer to the trade deadline here. But I think if you're a Heat fan, I think you have to be happy kind of where you are. Yeah, I know. And we looked at the Chris Paul situation, like the Russell Westbrook situation in some ways, it's kind of like, okay, do you want to make that one move now? But that's pretty much the move you're going to make. And it, to me, the only way that the Chris Paul deal made sense was if you're going to get both of your first round picks back. But, but because they've been so good at drafting and developing lately that you can do something with them. But at this stage, I just don't see that. They have four or five ball handlers on this team already. I mean, none is Chris Paul, but none is also his age with his injury history. And so I don't know why you would make a move. That's a very Riley move to me, but it's not the move for this team. And I do feel from covering the team for 20 years that Eric Spolster has his, his pulse on this team more than other teams that he's coached. And, and I don't know why you would want to want to tinker with that. One issue they are dealing with though, Bobby is Dion waiters. And we went from thinking he could start this year to thinking he and Goran Dragic could kind of rekindle that seven 11 thing off the bench. And now he's sent away from the team. He's posting stuff on IG about the coach you know, and then yesterday he was activated, but we were told that he was working in the practice gym during the game, and that's why he wasn't on the bench. You have Kendrick Nunn, who's developed here. You have Tyler Hero, who needs minutes. You have Justice Winslow, who didn't even play last night. He's going. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Again, minutes, you've got Jimmy Butler, you've got Goran Dragic, you've got five players in a perimeter rotation that sort of deserve 25 plus minutes a game. What do you do with Deion Waiters? If you're in order, do you, other than try to trade him, what, what do you do there? Uh, yeah, I would be surprised if we see Waiters, you know, on the back, and, and on a court, you know, playing some type of meaningful minutes this season here. I think based on, as you, you laid it out, as far as their, you know, as far as the, the ability to have multiple ball handlers here, what is his role? I mean, who are you going to play? Unless there's certainly a, you know, some major injuries that are, you know, coming down the pike down, you know, in, in the future here. But yeah, it was interesting. You have leaders who was active last night and, you know, doesn't play in a, Okay, that was 40, you know, 40 plus points here. And I got a text during a game from an agent saying like, Hey, I'm at the game, but Dean waiters is not on the bench. Like what's the, like, what's going on here? And I said, Hey, just because you're active doesn't mean you're playing. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're going to be on the bench. You know, sometimes it's more of a procedural thing. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. you almost, if you're the heat, you're almost kind of, you're covering yourself a little bit too, because you've got that, you know, you've got that bonus there that's, you know, we know about that million plus for playing in, um, you know, what is it, 72 games or 70 games here um, with waiters. And I think you can't leave them inactive when you're, you know, when you're, you've got some, um, you've got some, it's for 70 games here. So he's got, you know, mm-hmm. a couple more, you know, to, to get to, but um, you can't leave him inactive if you've got some <laughs> injuries that are, you know, that are you know decimated here. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's going to be, I don't want to say, you know, anybody can be traded, but I think, based on where his contract is, he's got, you know, two years, 12 and 12, six, you know, there are certainly a lot of ton of expiring contracts out there, but what is it, you know, what is it going to cost you if you are, you know, the heat, you basically have to add something on there. So um, it is a little bit tricky situation. It's not like he's got his last last year and you can just sign it, send him away forever. But hey, we saw with with James Johnson, but this was a little bit of a different situation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Johnson basically failed his conditioning uh, test that they have in early, you know, during training camp, and was able to get himself back in shape and meet the requirement. And then look what he did against Houston, right? right. I mean, he goes out and gets you, I think, seventeen points here. So, mm-hmm. but I think it's a little bit different between a player failing a, <laughs> a conditioning test. And a player button head with your head coach, right? right. I mean, or right. you know, and, and and being pissed off of that Tyler Hero is playing in front of you, or I think more of Kendrick Nunn is playing in front of mm-hmm. you, 
and there's no there's no role for you. So it's going to be interesting kind of to follow down down the road here. Yeah, the the one move that I mean, we were looking at some moves last night. I, I agree with that. I think they're going to have to attach an asset if they're going to if they're going to move him. And to me, the only asset that I think they might be comfortable moving because I don't know if he's in the long term plans is Derek Jones Jr. Uh, because he is due for you know an extension, and they drafted Casey Akpala, who I know they love. And I, this is probably a red shirt year for Akpala, I would think, or at the very least, the first half of the season is. But there are some things in common there. I mean, they're not the same player, but there are some things in common there. The only thing I was looking at was, okay, could you perhaps entice a team like Charlotte, right, which you know has gotten inconsistent backcourt scoring. If they want to try to compete, take a look at Dion two-year deal, not crazy money. Take a look at Derek Jones Jr., who's still going to be 22 years old. See if he's a guy you want to extend. And maybe you get a Marvin Williams on the last year of his deal. Like, like to, to me, that's the kind of deal that they – I mean, there are Heat fans who want Robert Covington, and I'm like, well, Minnesota started strong. I, I don't think they want to move Robert Covington for nothing, and I, I don't see what the value would be for them up to plus God. If you put waiters and Wiggins together, I don't, I don't want to watch that, but, but it's just, <laughs> but, but it's just, I should say, cause Wiggins is the only reason the heat aren't undefeated right now. But I, I yeah, I, I just, I don't think there's a lot of moves they can make without attaching somebody. And I don't know why you would attach hero. You're not attaching bam to anything, but I don't know why you would attach Winslow hero or none at this point. So to me, it would have to be Derek Jones jr. I mean, Looking at his situation and looking at their roster, is he somebody that you would extend or 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 at least enter into that conversation? Yeah, I mean he's 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 interesting. I mean, a he's hurt, you know, right now certainly. So where is he going to fit in when he comes back here? Um, you know, he's on the last year of his um, you know his contract. I think you're kind of almost playing the wait and wait and see mode as far as what you what the future of uh, of, De- of Derek Jones is going to be here. And I think. You're right. I mean, you know, going back to the, um, you know, the Winslow, as far as, I mean, as far as the waiters and looking at different scenarios, basically what you're kind of doing is looking down teams. There's, you know, there's a lot of expiring contracts now uh, on some of these smaller market teams. Some of those teams that went out and spent big in the summer of 16, I think we could put the the Hornets certainly up there. Um, but for Charlotte's sake is that they've started to, and I've been hard on them as far as, kind of where their foundation is they've started to kind of turn the corner a little bit where they've got the you know the Devonte grams the malik monks of the world the Dwayne bacons you know these second round picks that have started to play a little bit so i don't know how waiters would fit there i think um you know it would be you know especially to absorb that money unless there's something coming back with it as far as you know it's certainly not gonna be a first round pick if it is a you know a, a Derek jones or you know certainly a second round pick so it does become a little bit of a challenge when you are um you know if you're looking to move you know the waiter's number for an expiring um there's not that many bad contracts out there either Ethan. i mean you know that's that's another thing that teams have been talking about like we saw we saw last year right cleveland go about and move a lot of money around, um, you know, taking back um, guys on multi-year deals, Brandon Knight, um, but they got draft picks and mm. there's just not that many of those out there, um, you know, anymore that are, as I call it, kind of dead weight. The Chandler Parsons of the world, mm-hmm. those dead weight contracts, they're about to expire soon, right? Yep. Those are those summer of 16 guys are going to come off the books. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we'll be right back with Bobby Marks. But first, before we do, I'll tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is AutoNation, the largest auto retailer from coast to coast. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs, Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much more. And if you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-price pre-owned vehicles, all clearly marked with one price, their lowest price guaranteed. Want to get rid of that old car, turn it into cash today, get a top dollar offer, and a check the same day. And here's the most important thing. If you want to do any of this, you should reach out to me at 5 Reason Sports. That's the number five Reason Sports, two S's in the middle. I will connect you with the AutoNation senior manager to walk you through the entire buying process. We've had some listeners who've done this already. They've had a great experience. So go right to the top, walk you through the entire buying process. AutoNation. Dot com. All right, we're going to finish here with Bobby Marks with some rapid fire. So start here from the very beginning. Uh, Jimmy Butler, will the honeymoon last? Yes or no? Y- yes. I think it will last. And I think it's like, it's like, you know, Dwight, like, you know, I'm watching Dwight Howard last night. Like Dwight Howard's perfect in LA, right? Cause like, mm-hmm. A, he's got like no more op chances left at this thing. <laughs> and you got LeBron and AD, right? So I'm not putting Jimmy Butler in the Dwight Howard category, but I just think that the, that, you know, that hardworking mentality, you know, I don't think Eric will put up with any shit. Um, you know, certainly with Riles, they're kind of overlooking. And I think the pieces just fit here, right? I mean, if you're going to get production across the board where Butler is not relied on to get you go and get you try to get you 30 to 35 every night, then yeah, I think you're going to see the Jimmy, the good Jimmy Butler. So yes, I do think the, um, the honeymoon will be uh, extended long-term here. What is the succession plan behind Pat Riley look like to you? with this organization in the front office? Well, I mean, the one thing they do is they have continuity, right? So we talked about, you know, Andy Ellisberg there, Adam Simon, um, you know, who's been there forever. I mean, that front office has stayed intact here. So, you know, if there ever does come a day that, you know, that, you know, Pat doesn't want to do this anymore. And I think this made this, how this team is probably playing now has probably given them another jolt of energy here to, to see it through. Um, that there is, they are in good shape. Um, you know, uh, Nick Arison is there also the owner, the owner's son. So, I mean, if it's, if it's Andy long-term, uh, you know, certainly I, you know, I think, you, I think he fans should be comfortable if that's the case here. But I, I think, you know, I think, as I said, I think just based on how this team is playing and where we're, we're heading, you know, certainly in 21, where if there's that another big fish out there for him to get, I think this is going to be, you know, you know, I don't see him going away anytime soon here. Why do you think that Eric Spolstra is still not considered to be an elite coach by some? I know it's kind of a kind of a loaded yeah. question, but I, 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 I we, we, get, we yeah. get that from the national media, and I, I don't, I don't really, you know, he hasn't won without LeBron. That's what we hear, right? Like, but there's a lot. Of, I mean, Steve Kerr's not winning without Steph Curry right now, right? Like, I, I don't, I don't really understand. I mean, you, you talk to a lot of people. I mean, part of it is, you know, your employer up there. I feel like Eric never gets. It's always about something else when it comes to this team. Uh, when when ESPN, some of the other national outlets. Why is that? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll be my my honest answer. And having living down living here in you know Southwest Florida for three and you know almost four years here, and really seeing him up close, and you see him you know all the time. I have an appreciation what Eric's been able to do. Certainly, you know, where you've, you know, certainly post LeBron where you've, you've had so many different transitions. You turn, you know, nothing into something. Um, 
Yeah, you're right. He doesn't get his respect. You know, we always talk about, you know, look at what the job at Rick Carlisle. And then Rick, and these guys are great coaches. Look at what Rick Carlisle has done in, um, you know, in Dallas and what Doc did last year in, you know, with the Clippers and, you know, certainly, you know, some of the other coaches here, Pop in San Antonio here. But Eric should be um, should be ranked up there as far as in the top ten. Am I, am I saying he's number one or number two? No, I think we can debate that you know all day long here. But he's certainly not you know past you know number ten. If it if it's certainly if you're up to, it's up to me if I'm if I'm ranking these guys. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I can never pronounce the name. Uh, do you think he's going to be in Milwaukee long term? And what do you think the chances are that in 2021 he might consider a place like Miami? I I think this season is going to be huge as far as where this where Milwaukee goes. And you know he's supermax eligible next um, next summer for 254. And if he does not sign that contract on July 6th year. Um, then I think he is a name on the, tr- I think if you're Milwaukee, then you have to entertain doing something with him. I, I don't think you can let him leave, um, you know, you know, without any type of conversation. So, yeah, I think if, um, if there is no deal and, and Giannis is a free agent or if he's traded down the road here, then yeah, I think Miami, you know, teams like Miami fit. It's going back to the whole thing as far as like, you know, when players are at that stage of their career or, or, or at an MVP level, they don't want to come in and be the savior. I mean, they want to, they want to be coming into something here. And that's why it's a little bit easier, you know, when you get a guy in free agency compared to a trade, when you're basically, you know, gutting the roster here that he can kind of just, you know, fit in with the rest of what this roster is here. So, yeah, I think as as long as this team stays competitive in Miami and, and that this, these young kids start, you know, continue to play you know, at this level, then, yeah, I think players like Giannis that do could become a free agent, you know, would be in that, you know, that heat consideration. Last one for you. You know, there was all the talk this offseason after the heat got uh, Butler was Bradley Beal, and he chose to sign the extend for the two years. I saw the other night he had 30, and they lost by 30 to a team without Towns. Does Washington, do you think, still look to trade him? And if you're the Heat, this is a guy who was 25-5-5 last year. Would you try to get him even if it meant getting up one of your better young players as sort of the headliner of the deal, whether it's Hero or somebody well, else? Well, the good news is that you, you, have a, you have some time to figure it out because, you know, Beal can't be traded until, um, until after, you know, after the season um, because his extension was six months and he can't be dealt before. And it's interesting with Beal is that, you know, we, we were asked, we were doing a panel on the, at ESPN as far as that one guy that we thought, this was, I think, in uh, early September, that one guy that we thought could be moved. And, and I said Bradley Beal, and I just said there, there will be a point in time during the season that Bradley Beal will look at the standings and, you know, and, and see, you know, Washington, you know, five and 25 and coming off that 30 point loss. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and say like, do I want to deal with this anymore? And yeah, I think Bradley knew as far as when he, when he signed that extension that takes him off the board, um, you know, until the summer, I think of 22, that this is kind of how it's going to be here. So I think you let it just play out a little bit here um and, and revisit this as far as where your young kids are where the, the the mindset of the wizards are i think if you're washington they're trying to see does the beal wall when he comes back still make sense or you know does this kind of just extend a little bit of, of what the uh, inevitable is going to be here bobby marks where can we follow you on twitter 
you can follow me at uh, rmarks42 um, on on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, it's uh, I think we're I think we're looking what we're seeing right now is a lot of parody, right, Ethan? Mm-hmm. I mean, there is parody across the board here, um, and uh, it's, it should be a great year. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We went into the season saying there was no team, you know, that had three elite guys, right? Like two on most of these teams, and it's played. I, to me, the Clippers look like the best team, but, you know, I, you know, again, I think that they've got a lot of things they got to kind of sort out as well. Bobby, thanks for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. You got it. Thank you. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.